0: Hi, this is Frugal Forever. It's a podcast about money. My name's Katie Cunningham. That's Josie Parsons. And today we're joined by someone that we've wanted on the podcast the whole, you know, five weeks we've been doing this show. <laughs> um so long. It's so long. Uh, it's my friend Lil. You might know her as Flex Mummy. We. And we wanted you on for so many reasons. You're so wise. You have so much to say, but you do work that, I guess, and tell me if you object to this label could Mm. broadly be defined as an influencer.
1: Everybody says this shit. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel when people say that you're an influencer? Well, it's
2: demeaning. You reckon? Absolutely. Mm. Nobody, when you say influencer, nobody conjures up a smart, like considered nuanced person who's making money in a legitimate way. Mm. Like not one person. And it's super interesting because I'll take the title because it opens up, like, my pool of, like, my audience pool. But it's, like, imagine, so, like, dropping out of uni twice, being in PR for, like, fucking four years, digital media for two years, like, DJing for five years, TV presenting for three years to be called an influencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind like, yeah. fuck, if I knew, wouldn't have done any of that. Yeah. You just started influencing. <laughs> and it's almost like I couldn't be one without all those skills that are now not even considered or elevated as such. Mm-hmm. But it's like you can't denounce being an influencer because if you are on the internet and you're maintaining a profile, then you are going to be of influence. Mm. I don't know what comes first though. Like the perception of your influence or or you being influential. Damn deep. Yeah, that is deep.
1: <laughs> well, what would you prefer that people like what do you call yourself like a slashy
2: i just say all the slashes yeah just be really obnoxious (laughs) what are all the slashes let's break it down dj Mm -hmm. mtv presenter video presenter podcaster author beauty content creator and i do a bit of writing on the side Damn. But God, like, that's so many slashes. But I have to because they're all important. Yeah, and I think the sure. moment I start to make it a bit more comfortable for people, because everyone's like, oh, she's bragging. But it's like, well, I have to do all those things. All those things get a bit, a bit stressful. They all like, and I can't like, I can't tear them. I can't minimize one because the other like, they all matter. And the moment I take one out, it's like, oh, don't you mm. don't you do that? What happened to that? That's really crazy that you wouldn't mention that. So they all matter. And influencer does matter, but also again, like, what does that imply? yeah and what does that entail but again i'll take it because i'm all about you know like slipping in (laughs) colonizing spaces
1: (laughs) and do you do you find that you you have a you think a slash of yours is legitimate because it makes you money or do you find it's legitimate because it brings you joy or
2: yeah this is great. I was thinking about, you know, what makes, what's the difference between someone who like takes photos and is photographer is it mm. because they get paid to do it is it because they, they're really good at it. For me, the slash is legitimate when um, I get paid to do it. I'm good at it. And it's being validated by, by people who don't know me. Oh, do you know what I mean? It's very easy for someone to be like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Like my friend doing something, but it's when a stranger who doesn't need to lie to you, who has no tie to you and benefits very little from complimenting you is like, oh my God, you did a thing and that's fucking sick. And I'm like, thank you. I agree.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So I feel like maybe to start, do you want to give us like the TLDR on how you got where you are? Like you said you were working in PR,
2: like what, what was your life path up until now? Okay. <clears throat> so when I was 18 or no, 17, when I graduated high school and everyone's like, got to do the thing you love. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I used to love watching the Hills and, um, duh. who amongst us did not. Oh, <laughs> yeah, duh. And obviously those girls worked in PR, but I didn't relate to them, but I liked Kelly Catrone. Oh my God. <laughs> She's fucking hectic. Yeah. So I was like, I want to do what she does. And she worked in PR. And then I started looking at PR around and I got a shit ate her. I was like, 55 or something ridiculous like where did she learn fucking words (laughs) like I'm articulate now where was that in high school (laughs) Uh, but I just didn't apply myself I was like if things weren't fun I stopped and I remember my teachers would be like you know like you do so well you're getting 90 percent and you get tested and you do terribly and I was like I don't want to be tested I just want to chat anyway Mm. um so then couldn't study PR didn't have the marks to do it and so then I was like oh I like fashion because Kelly's train worked in fashion I'll go to FBI and then I was like no I'm not doing that and then I went to TAFE to study fashion and I was like not doing that and then I went to a private business college to do PR and then I dropped out because it just the theory wasn't working and I'm very much like a rewards based person it's got to feel good for me to want to do it and mm. I was like this doesn't feel good but at the time I was like working in retail so I had money and income and I was all good anyway so as part of PR they were like eventually we need to do an internship so if you start talking to people now you can get like a good one later on found this woman did a uh, this woman this agency called <laughs> um and then I started interning for her and I was doing well there and she wanted to hire me so then I dropped out of college started doing maybe don't put the name of the business so I can drag them <laughs> 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 um but then so yeah then I started uh Uh, working there and it was quite good because everything i know about the world and being business-minded i learned in pr like i worked under a really tyrannical woman Mm. but she really taught me skills that i wouldn't have considered if not for her like hindsight Mm. foresight um how to communicate your value to people who don't know you or aren't like-minded like all these skills i would have never considered and also because she was really cheap or frugal, however you want to call it. And she didn't want to hire seniors. She would make me learn how to do things like learn Photoshop, learn video yeah. editing, and all these things. So, like, I developed a big skill set. Anyway, but then I was getting really burnt out and all the seniors had left. And so I was like, I want to move to digital and social media. So then I moved to another agency and then, same shit with the same type of boss who was like, learn all these things, blah, blah. And I was like, do you know what? Maybe i'm only finding it really difficult to work here because i'm burnt out and my life is mediocre so i need to do something fun and i was going out heaps but i don't drink and i didn't do drugs at the time so i was like well what this isn't fun anymore i would love to get paid to be here so i'm was like, i gonna be a door bitch and then as i was being a door bitch i met these guys who promoted a club and they had shit pr and bad business, business practice and i was like why do you pay people to DJ when there's nobody here from nine to 12, what about if I did it? And then they're like, but you can't DJ. And I was like, but if I learned how to DJ, cause that'd be really fun learning new hobby, right? Then I not how to DJ and then let me DJ. And cause I went out a lot and I dressed in a fun way. People thought I was a good DJ, but I wasn't for a very long time. <laughs> and then that's how it all began. Wow. God. So it's like very necessary to be like, it's not, wasn't that fluky and it wasn't deliberate either though, but it just was like a series of events. Yeah. And I needed the PR skills to finesse those guys into letting me be their door bitch and DJ.
0: Yeah. Cause when I, like when we first
2: met, that's what you were doing. You were yeah. a DJ. So then what came next after that? So then basically I wanted to be a presenter. Cause you know, you see things you're like, I don't want to do those things. I didn't have those skills, but, um, a company maybe like yeah I won't say jobs a company approached me wanted to do a profile on me like an it girls thing Mm -hmm. it fell through the producer left but I was like now I have an into this company I'll Mm -hmm. ask them if I can be a presenter and then they were like oh great like we would love someone with like a music specialty do you have any presenting skills and I was like a few things in the pipeline nothing's come out yet I lied but I knew if given the opportunity (laughs) I'd be good (laughs) so I lied and then I went in They're like you can do a screen test I did okay I don't think I was I don't yeah it's probably terrible but good enough for them because they needed that representation but then they were like oh we we work on weekdays and you have a full-time job so this isn't gonna work so I had to finesse my boss and take one day off work to go and do that and then, as I was doing that, I was PRing myself. Like, I was pitching myself to different publications to try and get articles written about me and building a profile. And so that's how that happened. And then, writing the ebook was easy because I was already writing for other publications. Mm. And so I was just like, put that into a book, get it out, the one on manifesting, that was easy. And then a publisher picked that up and then they are making that into a, a print book. And then, podcasting was easy because I was already talking a lot. Like, I was talking to myself on Instagram, I was talking to people at this job that i had i was having these conversations always and so just like taking that to a different platform but the common thread is that i just did the thing and i Mm. think for a long time i was i wasn't i get i think for a long time i was convinced that in order to do the thing i would need to go to the right spaces to have the permission to do the thing like Mm. if you want to be a tv presenter you need to go work at a corporation that broadcasts tv right and it's like no i needed to build my skills offline or like online but on my own platforms you know So that's how it all came to be. So quite like, I don't know quite PC in nature but I'm also like um like one of those hustler type people because I just refuse to get sucked back into full-time work Mm. so I'm always trying to like build an in like another income stream like what's the what's the new one what's the new one gonna be because like an income stream but also like a new skill and a new um slash so like for me I really wanted to be doing more writing but I hated writing articles for public for publications it's just a bit difficult because I it would be easy to write what I wanted But I found it hard to pitch and change my ideas. I was like, well, I want to write about this. I don't want to write about this and that. So I was like, okay, I need to write something for myself. And it's like, but writing takes time and I want to create value. I want this to be seen as valuable to put a price on it. And then so when I made my ebook, I could have given that information out for free. Like it's on the internet, just like consolidated and ideologies taken and and reappropriated and whatever. But I was like, I needed to create value and I wanted to be seen as somebody who was like, doing the thing not a, someone who writes a writer you know yeah and so i priced it and then it like makes me a ton of money that's am- your Ugh. ebook makes you a ton of money yeah <gasps> oh my god oh my i god. made like does that we, we just say prices Please. on the thing just, if you yeah. if you're comfortable with it yeah he's yeah. like come on do we just say <laughs> if you're comfortable yeah, with yeah so yes. i think initially for me it was because I think what I'm doing now is that I used to have a very like one way communication type thing with my audience. Like I'm just telling you shit and then you listen, but I'm like, I wanted to create um, a value exchange. So like, if I was asking you to do something with me or for me, that you would appreciate that and do it. Not just like, Oh, like who's this bitch asking me? So for me, it was kind of like, of course I could ask, could like, I could tell every individual person how I manifest, Or I could tell you that I'm putting hours into writing a book and then say, but would you purchase it? And then creating like a, the onus is on you to engage with this. So initially I was like, okay, the book is going to be like $2 for, I think, $2, I think I put it for just the book in itself, like 10 pages or whatever. But then if you want a personalized message at the front, that'd be like, three dollars or something Mm, or like it was different or five dollars or something something like that three and five dollars and so then it created like a divide between people who are like real fans and fake fans and people like doing that stuff because if you can imagine people are building connection with me and while it's not reciprocal it's still like a connection they're like they know me they know what i drink they know where i go they know what i like to watch they know what makes me upset and Mm. so they're showing their allegiance by saying oh i'm gonna pay the extra money like that's my bitch you know and so from there i was like okay this is really interesting so having the two-tiered system gave people more agency to get involved it was like oh i only have three bucks it's a coffee i'll just buy this or like i want to support flex i'll buy it for five and so i think i've sold like three thousand copies of that book holy shit so like
0: i'm trying to do maths real quick but i can't
2: that could be like 10 grand or something
0: oh i should bust out my calculator on my phone this is how bad i don't know how I am. many
2: copies of Three or five, and I've did sold. it cost you any money to produce
0: it? Yeah, that's like mm, well, ten grand. Yeah, I mean your yeah. time, obviously. Yeah, so yeah. that's
2: the thing. So when I put when I sat down for like ten hours to do it, I was like, I didn't do that. I spend far less time doing far far more time doing far less important things, and so I wrote it on Google Docs, and then I was like, how do you make an ebook? Because then you have to like sign up to Apple iBooks, and I was like, not nah, too complicated. So I went onto Canva, and because. You had... <clears throat> yeah, Emilia. Yeah, Emilia works, works it. Yeah. This is oh, my God. I but be- not be- Spawn. I love it. Yeah. Be- um, so, yeah, went on Canva and then formatted it in an ebook style with the intention to upload it onto iBooks and pay that thing. because I like paying for shit. I'm a big, like, that's my premium flex. I love paying for everything. Subscriptions, <laughs> I want to do it. Like, <laughs> Ubers, I want to do it. Anyway, put it on Canva and I was like, okay, well, how do I get this to people? And I was like, too complicated. Just send a PDF. And if somebody shares that, then, like, I don't really care, like, That's mean, but whatever. But if they share it, whatever. But they don't. It's easy. So it cost me. I mean, canvas free. It cut my. I guess the internet costs, but it didn't really cost me anything like Mm. upfront. And it makes me passive income, which I'm a big fan of. Mm. Yeah, passive income. Yeah, that's where it's at. So. And also, like, having a virtual product for me was really exciting because what I'm finding now, I have a digital – I should have bought you a card. I have a card game. The digital card game. It's called Reflex. And because I'm encouraging everyone to, like, start critically thinking and shit, I was like, the conversation is quite difficult for the average person. So I was like, oh, I make a card game with questions they can ask themselves and other people to get into the mindset of trying to, like, develop self-awareness. Um, and so I made a physical, a physical card game because I wanted it to be – a literal thing like you you invest money you get something physical back and then you can pass it on or bring um, it out at a party was this your,
1: sorry to interrupt you but was this your idea or did you just like get approached by someone to do this
2: was my idea i'm an ideas person i'm not a details person this is just amazing so i just sit there like, and i'm kind of like oh i got an idea and then i do it
1: you literally do the thing yeah like, she literally literally does, does the thing. it's so inspiring but anybody so who, like,
2: inspiring. Katie, like would probably see like from for how long we've known each other years now, you probably see like everything that I do. Like I'm like, I've got a new idea. I've got mm. a new thing. I'm going to try this new thing. I'm constantly just like, I'm doing a, a brand new thing. But, I'm going to do makeup now. I'm going to do TV now. But like I do that, but then I don't do the thing. So people are just like tired of me. <laughs> like I just think
1: it's just amazing that, yeah.
0: You do or it. you're like, I should do it. And then some kind of embarrassment or self-doubt or something holds you back. Yeah, and you're like, mom- oh, I'm too afraid. Yeah, it. yeah. Like I'm too yeah. afraid to put myself out there. But that's such a shitty way to think. I'm trying to get over that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to like the day, like, I sorry, don't want to make this about us. But you need to. <laughs>
2: like, it's your podcast.
1: Well, like the day our, our first episode came out, like the whole day I was just like shaking in fear. Cause I was like, there's, it's so vulnerable to yeah. like have your voice and yourself out there. And like you yourself are like, you've created a, you as your brand. Mm. Like, how do you feel about
2: that? <laughs> I just feel like, oh. That's the best bit. You reckon? Absolutely. Oh, God. When I think like maybe two years ago, a year and a half ago, I was really. Oh, from like the time I had social media to about a year and a half ago, I was really hyper aware of trying to be appropriate online, like following mm. the guidelines. Like you don't share when you're like, you're too sad or you're too angry and you make sure like you probably don't swear too much and don't talk about polarizing topics like politics or race or identity. Cause it's just all too much. And what that did was, I built an audience of really stale, passive, one dimensional people who could only Mm. show interest when it was something about, when it was about something vapid, Mm. like a new outfit or a new selfie or whatever. And um, so yeah, I was acutely aware of that. And I was like, okay, I need to change in order to, I can't change my audience, but I can change what I put out to my audience and sort of like eliminate (laughs) the people who just aren't with it. Mm. Um, And it was really hard to navigate social media being a caricature of myself because there are all these like unwritten rules and guidelines, and you had to like be mindful of them, but not be too obvious about them, but stick to them, but be be genuine, and it's like nah no, fuck it, it's too hard. And the moment I just started like getting on my bullshit and just saying how I felt, like fully, people who don't not that they don't agree, but people who are made to feel uncomfortable would go away people who are uncomfortable but curious would stay and ask questions then we'd build a relationship Mm. and then I just built a whole new audience that only knows me as this turbo ass bitch who talks too much (laughs) but it works out and then I have permission to just try new things and have a new idea and like you know just like Test the waters As opposed to being like oh, Like how do I talk about This fucking scone I love It doesn't I don't have a pretty plate To take a photo of And make a flat yeah. lay It's like No literally like I'm holding it And taking a photo Like I like scones <laughs> So It's like It's giving me Heaps of like permission But also I want to Like my whole Vocation is getting paid To be myself So I think it works out well mm. If I didn't If that wasn't my shtick Like I don't think I would be on social media I didn't have social media I didn't post Until after I worked in digital communications. Really? Yeah. I was like, what, how do you, what do you do this for? I had it and I just stalked people. Like those accounts with no pictures, <laughs> just heaps of, <laughs> You're you just egg. follow, yeah, you just follow <laughs> heaps of people. I was like, well, what do I need to post
0: about? Wow. So which of your slashes makes you the most money? Um, I would say DJing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. DJing makes you the most money, but it doesn't make everyone the most money. Mm. I'm just mm. a smart bitch about it. Um, yeah. So it's so interesting <laughs> So yeah. when I started DJing and I was bad at it But I was just happy to be there um, I'd get paid like 75 bucks an hour or something So it's mm-hmm. substantial Yeah. Like, But the, consider the industry you're in Consider like how it's like You do it once a week, twice a week If you're lucky Like you, it's not a regular hour job Kind of like what Brody was saying You need to be mindful that it's not It's not an hourly rate Because you're working 30 How many hours do people work? 38 hours a week mm. You, you're you working like every now and then. And so yeah. that was really awesome because I was like, this is crazy. This is like a standard, right? This is incredible until you realize that it's very far and few between. Anyway. So then I realized that people were coming to see me DJ because they liked my branding and not my music. I mean, the music was, who cares about the music? But they were like, loved the branding. And I like the audience that I was bringing to the club, right? Everyone's like, you know, these cute young girls. It's good for club image. Or if anything, people who liked hip hop, like POC community. Like I was bringing people who just identified with how I looked. Mm. And so that I was like, hold on. If you make money from people that I bring, I want to make money too. And I didn't want to be a promoter. I wasn't like, hey, say my name at the door. I was just like, I'm going to raise my fee, you know? So it was like, then it was $100 and then it was like $120 and then it was like $150. And I was like, this is, people (laughs) are still paying for this? (laughs) And it was so interesting because like every, I would raise it incrementally because then I was like, I would think about it critically. I'd be like, okay, this you can hold a thousand people. You're charging 30 bucks to get in you're offering me a hundred dollars. I know there's licensing and stuff and whatever to pay, but if they're coming because I'm not Mm. all of them, but if I'm the reason why they're coming, then I want a cut of that. Yeah. So I just kept rising, but I think I had permissions too, because I had different facets of my brand that were, uh, that were valuable. So like I was the MTV girl and then it was Mm. like, Oh, the girl who's been getting profiled a lot. And then the girl who was at fashion week and then she's interviewing celebrities. And so all these little things add a value to, My career And then I wasn't Just a DJ anymore I was like an entertainer Or like You know kind of like How you'd see like A Ruby Rose or Paris Hilton Like you're not going For the music You're going because You want to grab a picky later Or -hmm. like you're going Because you like The brand association So the next Next year when she's Like doubled in fee You've got a relationship Or next year when you Can't afford her You can be like Oh no but we had her once And she's like fam You know what I mean Like she's one of ours So I was My And I love that in PR Creating value as well Because I knew that it wasn't sustainable for me to quit my full time job and work ten hours a week on hundred dollars. It would, it could have been, mm. but I was like, well, how do I, how do I scale this? And I remember meeting, um, not meeting, but this <clears throat> friend of mine. His name's Martin Novosel, and he um, used to run Boundary Sounds. And when I was, <clears throat> when I was um, looking to leave my full time job and go into freelancing, he was very. Um, adamant that i think about scaling he's like this is all fun and cute for now like it's you're popping but what does this look like in two years three years five years how do you get to a point where you can still make income and not have to like literally leave your house every time you don't Mm. drink you don't party and at that time people were happy to get paid in like coke and drink cards you know what i mean yeah like that's and i was like i don't want either of those things so it's like eventually people but the people who want to scale will just get more Coke and more drink cards and their value will stay the same, but you, that's not what you want. so how do you get to your end goal? And I was like, okay, shit. Like got to start diversifying. Can't just be the DJ. It's going to be more than that. So, um, yeah, it was, so yeah, now DJ makes me the most money. Cause I've got a DJ agent now and I was very funny about getting an agent. Cause I was like, mm. you are how much, <laughs> yeah. I don't know my agent. I got a good deal cause I was very hard to sign. I was like, I went to everyone, (laughs) went to, I can't say places, but I went to all the, everyone major was like, we want to sign you. And I was like, yeah, but what's your cut? Like how much do you take? And they're like, we're going to take 20 or 15 or 30. I'm like, but what are you giving me that I can't give myself? Mm. Because if I already have value, enough value that you want to sign me, then like, what are you adding? And then so I, so yeah, eventually when I signed to my current, um, my current Agent label or well, they're more like an agency. We had this conversation where they said to me, like, we don't want a cut of your like your cute one grand, two grand gigs, like, or not, not even two grand. Like, you don't want a cut of your five hundred to one grand gigs. Like, we take twenty percent. That's nothing. Doesn't even pay our toilet paper. fee we want you to make big money, so we make big money off you. You know what mm. I mean? So they were like. <clears throat> you're not at that point yet so build your profile come back and then we will charge you out as higher when you get to the point where people outside of your inner circle recognize you when you're amplified further enough that strangers see you then you can start asking for big prices so like a dj gig could i could do one for an hour and a half that might be two grand it might be three grand it might be four hundred dollars it could be anything but it depends on who's asking for it Mm. so you might have somebody like well, then there's all these considerations. Because let's say there might be one like, uh, let's say like a bank wants me to DJ for them. But they're like, we want to post her on our feed. And it's like, what for? And it's like, oh, like, you know, we we want to amplify it. Like her being a woman, her being a person of color. Okay, it's a diversity thing. You got to pay for that, babes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's a price for that. <laughs> then also usage for me on your social media. Now I'm going to be associated with your brand for like in perpetuity. Mm, there's yeah. a price for that, babes. Ooh. You know, and then like you want. wow. Um, these are things
1: I don't even think absolutely. of absolutely and you
2: gotta and I think it's a bit different because for me everyone's like I tick a lot of boxes for a lot of these companies it's like oh she's a female oh she's a person of color oh she's an entertainer oh she's associated with broadcasters oh she's like like it's all these different avenues of people like they can add value from that and so gotta be mindful of that and then also when you think about the actual time you spent like The DJing is, like, the easiest bit and takes the least time, but nobody's paying for that. It's, like, the music I'm buying, okay, like, I'm doing an 80s um, metal gig for three hours. I don't have 80s metal. Like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to incur that fee just because I'll just insert it into the fee that I charge you. It's all these little things that I'm thinking about. Um, But then also, like, a DJ gig is, like, when. I rarely DJ anymore. It'd be, like, once, I don't know, once a... Month Once a fortnight Like And I used to do it quite a bit But it's like I don't want to be a DJ Mm. So I had to kind of Peter back But the only reason I have savings Is because of DJing Wow Wow. Absolutely It just keeps coming And like if you Because I can do a lot of gigs But it's almost like Um the beauty of being a slashy is that I don't want to have a primary thing. And like, I was the DJ who did other stuff for a very long time. Like the DJ who's at MTV, like the DJ who's doing beauty stuff, not just like flex who does it all. So I had to make a conscious t- decision to pair back from DJing. So it didn't um, bleed over into everything that I did. Mm. But um Yeah creating value man because it's really hard because when i talk to my other dj friends i'm like i don't know what your value is so i can't help you like you don't tick a lot of boxes mm. and i can't leverage your branding because that's all you do like you just play music you're not adding any value you're not adding cultural capital you're not adding social capital like you're not adding anything but you playing literal music so yeah maybe you got to stick to that cute 150 <laughs> but everyone <laughs> this side like we're published, babe. You know what I mean? We're broadcasted daily to millions of people. Like, I can't share that with you. So it's tricky. Um, so,
0: beauty stuff, mm. like, talk us through how you make money there.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, because you do modeling as well, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Got to add that slash.
0: Oh, gosh. Yes what doesn't she do?
2: Literally, (laughs) what don't you do? Legitimately. Um, I don't cook. (laughs) Um, so beauty is an interesting one. And I was on Forbes and I was reading. No, I wasn't. I was reading Forbes. I I was like, like, no, "No, no. oh my God. Words mean things. I was reading Forbes. Wow. Okay.
0: Hey, any day now. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I'm aiming
2: for 30 under 30. I've got like five more years. I was reading Forbes, uh, Uh, last last year the start of the year sometime and i was um it was an article about like booming industries and it was like the beauty industry the pet industry the mental health and mindfulness industry they're all like fucking booming and i was like obviously you know because everybody's an influencer and a youtuber and like we all like our pets but i was like it's so interesting because i consume all my beauty content from like us and uk influencers, and i was like Mm. who is representing people like me in australia like I don't, who are they? Um, Or even just POC in Australia generally, like, you know, very ethnic centric people. And I was like, oh, that doesn't exist. And so um, I was like, I'll just be an influencer. There's got to be money in there because every beauty company needs a diversity hire. That's literally how I was thinking. I was like, (laughs) it's going to get to a point where like a local, a global beauty brand with a local agency is going to be like, okay, we need to like release our 40 shades of foundation, bring a brown, brown girl in and be like, oh, we don't really know one that's where i come in so i had this whole plan i mean i mean obviously it wasn't like that sequential like in my head that's how it's gonna work but i didn't know for a fact so then i was like i remember i used to dj for a lot of beauty events like they would launch a new foundation have a party i would dj so i was like in i was integrated into that community already and because i could do my own makeup they were like oh you know who do you learn how to do how do you learn how to do your makeup? Cause I guess they were already quite aware of like the booming diversity discussion. And I was like, I learned from UK influencers in the US and they were like, oh, okay, so you don't know any Australian ones. It's like, no. And they're like, oh, interesting. So then I was like, I'm fucking right. Like I knew there was a yeah. thing happening. So then eventually I started just like integrating makeup content into my channel. It was like, it was like one day I was just doing random shit. And the next day I was like, here's a full face. Here's the products I use. Like it was like that mm-hmm. blatant and brazen. And I remember making sure to tag brands that I knew had local, um, like local agencies. Cause not all brands do, especially Australia based. And so, yeah, so that's how that happened. So, making money from beauty happens a couple of ways. One is um, making pitching to brands and mm. asking them what their product priorities are, and if they need content from you. And so, like, because a lot of brands can't afford to like do the whole content campaign thing, spend thirty k, get the professional photos happening, so they they ask influencers to make content that they can use and license so reaching out to brands and doing it that way and saying hey what are your product priorities what are you working on okay here's my media package i can offer this type of content this type of content a video and you can have that like i can license you or i can just give it to you
1: wow so you reach out to them yeah wow
2: i don't think a lot of people do because i guess like if i didn't work agency side i wouldn't have known like who the gatekeepers were Mm -hmm. and how to find that contact information because it can be hard but reaching out and offering your services to them um but like making content for their pages and for them to have then it's reaching out to them and making content um about them for them but on your pages so sponsored content so that might be uh, like a new product launch and they want you to do a dedicated post just tagging them and it's like so we get into like the the money for impressions the money for engagement type yeah. of space so someone could pay me for a post they could pay me for an instagram story they could pay me for a youtube video just using product uh and that's how it works it all but it, it, it comes from a social tier though Like you need to have a social profile generally or mm. be really beautiful and a content creator and like reach out to brands or whatever mm. but there are a lot of ways to get paid it's just a matter of what brands have budget and how often they want to use that budget on you yeah god i love the hustle i love yeah. the hustle
1: i'm literally like in awe of you yeah right i know now. i can't all, believe it
2: <laughs> i'm always sitting with my best friend at home i'm like what are we gonna do next and she's kind of <laughs> like well, what are we gonna do and i'm like well,
0: what can we do <laughs> uh, so how many hours a week do you reckon you work yeah it's a tough one
2: I mean, I don't stop working mm. just because it's interesting. So I remember you were saying earlier how in one of the other episodes that you thought that when you went freelance, you'd be working less. Now mm. you work more than you ever have. Mm. It's like that because everything you do contributes to your next paycheck in some roundabout indirect way. Like if I don't have these conversations, like so interesting, right? I started having these like critical discussions online about like, you know philosophy and identity and and like i don't know personality typing and emotional iq and whatever and then that in itself has got me doing all these panels about these topics like people are calling me asking me to like do quotes on millennials and friendship and i'm like well if i didn't do that if i didn't have that random fucking conversation on my instagram story then i wouldn't have this job yeah Yeah. so it's like being mindful that everybody's watching in some capacity waiting to book you Mm. maybe not you but me Mm. (laughs) Always working. I mean, but there's all this shit I do all day for no reason. Like I'll wake up at like 11, and be like, you know what? I need to like I want to do more work in like um the millennial space, but like maybe talking about how friendships are skewed. So then I'll sit there and start researching hours about friendships and stats and loneliness and like everyone's trying to be extraordinary. And then I'll sit there and create like a fun graphic for social media, and then I'll post it. And then it's been six hours of just like doing this in, like inconsequential stuff hoping that like I'll have agency to speak about it on a more like professional level
1: it's like um when we work together Katie I don't know if you remember this but I think about it all the time when I like message her I was like I feel really bad because I'm writing this article but I keep clicking on articles and then reading them and then like surfing the web and going back to my article and writing a little bit and then like reading another one and then Katie you were like it's all part of the process like every creative does that and I was like oh and I like breathed easy because I was like that's normal to to be doing other stuff because then it builds up to like what will eventually serve you in the future
2: absolutely I don't know it's interesting but I kind of gave up on the like the work-life balance myth a little while ago just because mm. like by nature I don't know anything that's balanced like not one thing <laughs> and also realistically like what do you like is it sleeping as much as you work I don't even know if that's sustainable whatever but I get away from the work-life balance narrative but I do prioritize leisure like I used to be that bitch who was like can't take holidays hustle hustle grind grind never sleep and now I'm like I don't want to be working, so I'm going to go away for a week. Yeah, And then I get emails and I'm kind of like, yeah, I could do that, but I don't want to. And I'm privileged enough to do that because I have savings and, like, I've created value. But I think if I – I was also selling myself short by just, like, pimping myself out to anyone who'd give me money, like, to do professional <laughs> work. Um, so it was, like, tackling that idea and being, like, you just can't be everything for everyone because you were going to lose your value and then also you're going to burn out and mm. hate your life.
0: yeah. Yeah, so you say no to things now?
2: Oh, all the time. Oh, I'm good. a terror. Hey. Mm. Ugh, like Great. I'm the worst. <laughs> like everyone's like, hey Lil, like can we grab your email to chat about a concept? I'm like, absolutely, like bring it in. And then they're like, hey Lil. We just-. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Well, how can we change it? I'm like, mm. hmm, hmm. And then I have, like, a 10-page critical – paragraph, like, 10-paragraph critical email being, like, this is what I want to do and this is what – yeah, it's just easier that way. How long do you think it took for you to be able to say no to things? Like, up until, like, January
0: 2019.
2: Oh, Oh my God. Like, it took my whole career. (laughs) Do you know what it was, though? I just reckon it was, like, I was saying yes to everything because I thought I had to because when somebody asks you, you should feel, like – Like, privileged in in that someone's thinking about you. Um, And then I would start doing these jobs and just have dread about them like, Mm. dread about starting, about finishing, about posting, executing, traveling to do that. I was like, why does this happen every time? Like, you say yes so enthusiastically, you don't ask enough questions, you're getting scammed, you're getting gypped, and you have to work extra hard because you were a dumb bitch and just said yes. Like, Mm. shake that desperation. It's messy. So. So for me, it was like, I I had to be, I had to work backwards and be like, okay, like when you're feeling this dread, what don't you like? Okay, you don't like looking disingenuous. You don't like feeling as though you need to stick to someone else's script if you didn't write it. You don't like feeling as though you're being, that um, like you're, your cost has been defined by somebody else like all these things so make sure you have those critical discussions so now when someone messages me for anything let's say it's like a tv gig and like oh we want you to come on oh let's say it's a panel i want you to come on this panel and talk about um intersectional feminism and i'll say okay great who else is on the panel fine how long is the panel? What are the questions? Uh, what's expected of me? How are you going to use this content? Because if it's going to be a cute, like we're going to record it and then um, uh, share it far and wide, it's kind of like, okay, well, that's something I need to think about. Am I attaching myself to you forever? Like what what's happening here? Because yeah. like, and then after all that, we want to use your likeness, use your voice, use your words, use your story, um, uh, use your time and then pay you 300 bucks. For who?
0: <laughs> no, yeah. thank you.
2: You know, and I think also the reason why people aren't aware of how to approach people in our positions, freelancers, whatever personalities, because nobody's having, nobody's um, critiquing them. Everyone's just saying yes or no. And then feeling like, oh, I don't want to say anything. It's a bit awkward. Like, I don't want to tell this company that like, it's a little bit awkward for us to be doing a panel on like diversity and there's three white straight people and me. Like, Mm. I don't want to do it. But Mm. it's like, you have to do it because if you don't do, if you do it and take that one, two, three hundred dollars, then you create a norm, mm, and the yeah. norm is so hard to shake. It's the reason why people are kind of like, It's the reason why people get mad that influencers get paid so much. It's the reason why people aren't understanding or sympathetic to freelancers' woes. It's the reason why we still have woes. It's the reason why we're supposed to be in this privileged position and we all feel fucking shit because nobody's saying anything. And for me, I'm not even a martyr. I'm just like, I'm just saying it so you just know how to deal with me better. Because there's nothing worse than being that bitch who's hard to work with. Everyone's like, fuck. Like, Lil's always asking questions. And I'm like, yeah, but... I want to know. They're like, we don't have the answers. Like, well, I don't have the, I don't have time. Mm. (laughs) You don't have answers. I don't have time. Like come back to me later. Mm.
0: So how did you know, like, how did you figure out what your rates were? Like, how did you set them? Ooh, this is a good one.
2: And Martin also taught me this when I was in the early stages and granted, it's not universal for everything, but he's like, there's no set rate for anything because your value is not universal. I mean, I know this. My value is not universal. In some spaces I'm worth a million dollars. In some places I'm worth nothing. And it's up to me to identify which space holds the most value. So the quickest thing to do when somebody emails me and says, hey, like we really want to work with, like, this is the shit I get, right? Hey, Flex, got this event coming up. Might be a two hour gig. What's your rate? That says nothing is this event broadcasted? Is it 10 people or 10,000 people? What's the genre you're after? Am I on a podium? Am I hidden? Like like, all these things need to come up, right? And so I was like, I don't have this information and I've shot myself in the foot so many times, just like chucking at a rate. So most of the time I say, Hey, thanks for reaching out. Um really interested in hearing more about this project. Let me know what rates you had in mind. Because no one's going to come back to you again and be like, know, what rates did you have in mind? Yeah. A and they yeah. have to, when they respond, <laughs> they don't come back with something, a framework. Like in, in the past, we've done this. It works yeah. every time. Wow, that is, that is brilliant Sick. advice. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to that. I'm, like, I'm <clears> out <throat> here changing my rates all the time. I'm um, like, it could be a hundred there, 10,000 there. It's a retainer here. It's a one-time fee here. Because mm. that's the name. Nature of it. it shit changes you know there are some places i'm like i'll do it for free some instances where i'll agree to do a panel for a certain price be like you know what i like that panel don't worry about paying me that was fun <laughs> like put it back into the panel so we can do it again you know what i mean like it's wow. not it's not always about the money it's just about having my value recognized yeah and i can say it's not about the money because i'm in a privileged position of having money but now but that's also the thing because like even so like I'm not going to get better with money. So it's like the conversation about money is often redundant, but it does set a precedent of value exchange. And if someone has to really think about, cause you know, if someone comes to you with the first price, kind of like this was too easy for you. You came through with that first price and like, it was, I, there's got to be more in there. There's an <laughs> extra 500 in there. I know it. Sniff it out. And so Even when you have the discussion about value, it illuminates why somebody wants you, mm. you know, yeah. If someone, if someone comes to me with a first price and I'm like, oh, okay, can you do a little bit more? Or like, can you consider this? Or like, whatever it is, just like, you know, scare them a little bit. What they come back to you is very indicative of how they feel. If they can't compromise at all, then it's not really about you. It's about fulfilling a position. And like, I'm cool with that sometimes. But then if it's about fulfilling a position, I don't want to be like, I'm not going to be upset. Like, it could be anyone. I just answered my emails first.
1: Yeah. You said you... Made like an offhand comment about not getting better with money. Are you not very good with money? I'm
2: terrible with money. Oh. The a only, bit more I about really that. think the only reason why I have so many slashes because I refuse to be broke. Like <laughs> I just I can't. I've never done it. Like I will not do it. <laughs> I cannot. But also, like I refuse to be broke, and I also. Um, like a certain type of lifestyle Mm. and I don't feel like I should have to compromise like too many people already do that I don't have to and I think very early on because when I was 14 because I come from a single family home a single parent home sorry single family and my parents are divorced and when I was like I don't know 10 to 13 um wait, context parents got divorced when I was like three months old so like didn't really know my dad at all but I knew of him when I was like 10 to 13 around 10 or 13 10 to 13 my mom was like you should probably go and start seeing your dad so like you don't resent me when you're older because he's around and like just so you know like you have agency so every sunday after church because i used to go to church um i she used to be like let's just go to your dad's house we go to my dad's house and upon entry he would just give me money Ooh, It'd just what? be like Yeah Cause he's like I And mean, it's like you know It's like a guilt thing Guilt or mm, Like yeah. fragile masculinity Like Not emotionally intelligent Like let me just build a bond By creating Like create an exchange here So I'd come there Hang out for like 10 minutes And he'd give me like 50 bucks 200 bucks Whatever Just like a, An envelope of money mm-hmm. I like think every Sunday yeah. So to me So and my mum my was pretty much like If you want something You have to earn it But my dad subverted that idea He was like You just deserve it For being you <laughs> And there's something in there. <laughs> Freud is shaking. <laughs> anyway, um, so and then when I stopped, like, so at 13 or something, when I stopped seeing my dad, i was like well fuck where's my income <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> where's my income stream yeah. so my mom was like you know you have to work and i just like kept getting jobs i was like i'm gonna work at macca's i worked at crust pizza i worked at diva and i had mo- i had double jobs at all times like two jobs yeah. I worked at diva then i worked at um chic then i worked at two then i was when i was in pr i also worked at like pizza and then like i always had jobs you until- worked at a pizza hut when you were working in pr i worked at a crust pizza when i was working in pr and then i also worked at, at a chic i had three jobs no way I- yeah absolutely i was like i've got a spare day i could make so much money in that day oh my god wow, wow. yeah <sighs> but it just made so much sense to me because i was like because me and my friend and my best friend at the time we were like we were just like we want nice things like we want the american apparel disco pants mm. we want to go to the getaway plan in march like we have <laughs> yeah. to have money for that Stop and speaking, so- Molly. Yeah. <laughs> that really painted a picture of a specific year in time. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have to get money and so i guess we'll work and working isn't very hard when you're a teenager you just show mm. up and you like you do a few things mm-hmm. but so it made it very easy for me to like figure out how money worked and that i needed this much money to work but i didn't get better with money i was like if i just want more things i just need to get more money, it didn't mm. occur to me to save. So, fast forward to now, or even in adulthood, I remember when I was going, when I was going from a full time job to freelancing, and I was like, I don't understand how much money I need to survive. Like, I don't really know how much I spend. I don't know, like, w- like where most of my money goes. I'm quite flippant, and it, my friend Liana was like, you just need to figure out how much you need to live like think about an average day think about how much uber eats you're having how much uber uh how many ubers you're taking how many clothes you want to buy just like be realistic and i was like well that's a lot of money she's like yeah i know so and i was like all right cool i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> so i think um for me it's just like i'm not a saver like i have savings but it's like i literally just for one of my jobs, I just put like, for one, I, for one of my jobs, when I get paid for it, it just all goes to a separate account. So it's just mm-hmm. like, it's always accumulating and building. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't even try. But it's have multiple jobs. And I, yeah. I don't like giving this advice to the average person because the average person doesn't like, don't have skills they can monetize. Like yeah. the average person isn't a slashy. Mm. The average person isn't like a tech savvy, hustly millennial. Like the average person has one thing they're good at. And even with that, like the industry isn't great for it. So that's how I do it. And I plan to do it that way because the world is ending and yes. like well, it 2050. Our every day I'm getting more and more existential. And I'm kind of like, I can't keep saving for a life that I won't be here to live. Mm. So I'm kind of yeah. like, just be frivolous, but also like back it up. Mm.
1: Do you, I know you said DJing makes you the most amount of money, mm. but is there a slash of yours that is a regular income that you can always count on? Or is it always just
2: like different things? Ah uh, no, it's always different things. DJ mm. makes you the most money. And it's quite good because um, actually, you know, I might argue that beauty makes me more money. Really? Now, now that you say it, it, I think. Uh, hmm. Beauty makes me larger sums of money at one time, mm. so like a retainer or like a big campaign that I'm kind of like, I see you finessing me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask for more, you know, or but DJing is regular and like substantial sums, but beauty will be like crazy money at one time and then nothing and then crazy money and then nothing but i can't really fuck with beauty industry anymore um so <laughs> regular income the only one that makes me regular income is one of the tv ones i do or two of them that i do but it's small in comparison to what beauty and dj makes me so it's regular but it's kind of like i don't know what that pays like rent yeah okay. yeah like rent is covered with that uh, yeah. rent and phone yeah and
0: I want to talk about like the expenses that you incur because mm. you look fucking great and that's got to cost mm.
2: a lot of money. Does yeah. it? Yeah. You see, I'm also a scammer. No. <laughs> 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 no. Okay. So this is the thing, right? So, um, once I, so when I started, I don't know, like 10 K followers, let's use that as a metric. Cause I don't know when that was, but around 10 K followers, when there was enough that I was, um, getting attention from like my own industry outside of my industry, um, and publications, people were like, oh, let's start sending you PR. And I was getting PR from things I didn't want as well. Like, I don't want, I don't know, whatever it might've been, I didn't want it. But I was like, if people are finding, are reaching out to send me things and I have value and I can reach out to other people and get them to send me things. So very early on, I started reaching out to brands and being like, hey, like I'm gonna be broadcast to millions of people. Do you wanna dress me for this, this TV thing? Or I'm gonna be DJing here you appeal to the festival market. Do you want to dress me for this? And then I was like almost subsidizing my like outfit fund through getting gifted, um, similar nice. with, with beauty. Like I haven't bought, like I made a pact that I wasn't going to buy beauty products all of 2019 because I get sent so much shit. Like so every single day there is at least one new package. Wow.
0: Like I give it away wow. to my
2: audience for that reason. So it's like, I don't need to buy, I haven't bought beauty products all this year because I don't need to. Ugh. And I don't ha- necessarily have... Very sensitive skin. So, like, skincare, I don't need to be specific about. And then also with beauty products, like, once you get, like, base products last you, like, ages, you know? So, like, I can have, like, two, three concealers a year and it's good. Like I don't, like there's a drawer full of concealer for that. So I don't need to buy that stuff. I just um, get PR. But I was strategic about that. And it it wasn't just like asking, it was like adding value. Like what audience are you reaching? Is your audience engaging? Um, What's the conversion rate with your audience? Have they bought from you before? It was all these things I need to consider. And granted, I don't do a lot of PR now just because, I don't like feeling like obligated to like return the favor. I can rather just buy something.
1: I was going to say every time you get sent something, do you post it on Instagram? No, because it's a fucking
2: scam. They do (laughs) that, but they guilt you into that. They send you product because you feel obliged to post about it. And when you post about it, they're kind of like, okay, great. We've got something in return. And you've got to imagine if I like let's say like my audience is like what 40k now and like actively 10k people are watching my story right if i post something once if i'm like oh my god i fucking love this like lip gloss just by nature let's say 10% of people will go and see what that lip gloss is about maybe 10% of that 10% will buy it. that's 100 people buying your product because you sent me what a $25 PR package and 25 bucks in shipping it yeah. doesn't add up and it's
1: also like if you it like you were saying about your value it's like mm-hmm. if your posts are valued at this much it wouldn't
2: equal the cost yeah of totally exactly and also and it's almost like make sure that value is maintained by rewarding those who are willing to invest in me and not just being like oh anyone can get it mm. So i'm
0: very particular mm. do you ever do sponsored posts on instagram yeah
2: but very rarely but mm. i always just dis- i like sponsored posts I don't like – no, I don't. That's – no. I like <laughs> – I think it's exciting getting sponsored posts when they align with, like, the shit I'm trying to do. So, like, I was – um had this whole, like – uh. so I kept getting served ads for um, Thinks, the period underwear. And I was like, what do you mean you just free bleed into the underwear and it's, everything's, like, cool. <laughs> so I was like, I just wish there was someone who would just, like, buy these and review them, like – analytically like mm. do they work did you leak like was there a smell mm. and i was yeah. like fuck i'll just buy them so i bought a pair uh, a few pairs of these underwears and i was just like rats, like rapidly reviewing these these things i was like okay so day three bled through but like nothing too crazy didn't like stain anything and like day four like these don't dry as quickly as i thought but like that's fine like day five this is like kind of sick i'm into it and like no no like just like a really like in-depth review because i wanted to know and then they reach out and they're like, oh my God, like this is great content. Can we pay you to use it? And I was like, oh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. This is fantastic. Or like when I was like talking about vibrators for like however many fucking months, so I was like, everyone facilitate your own nut. Then this <laughs> company was like, hey, can we pay you to, to just like post like about our vibrator? And I was like, well, can I try the vibrator? They're like, yeah, absolutely. So things like that make so much sense. But the thing about doing a lot of beauty stuff and that's why I've tiered off is that I don't care a lot about like whether or not you should have that red lipstick or have that new mascara so to try and over enthuse that in a sponsored post was really difficult because you know in order to do a sponsored post properly you need to advocate in some way and you need to sort of convince people that it's worthwhile purchasing and i just couldn't do that for a lot of beauty mm. and a lot of brands don't like a lot of brands won't accept you just saying hey it's like just try it like they want you to be like this is i love it i use it you should buy it like yeah in, like you know aggressive statements. And I was like, no, I won't do that. So setting that boundary means that when I do sponsored posts, everyone's like, oh my God, yes. Like it's, we've come full circle. You just chatting about it. Now they're paying you to do it. Like, love it. (laughs) But aside from that, no. I do think though, if there's something my audience wants that I don't use, then I'll do a sponsored post. Like everyone's like, can you like review, um, like review cheap skincare or like inexpensive skincare? And I was like, I don't do skincare. Like Mm. I just... Cleanse once a day and use moisturizer. Oh, but I'm so like jealous your skin's great.
0: <laughs> <Right. laughs> just, Thank died you. inside.
2: I, <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> um, but in that instance, when a skincare brand contacts me, I'm like, okay, I can see how this will be of value. But then I will say, hey, this is fun and sponsored. I'm just going to do a quick first impressions and pass you on, you know. It's good for some things. Like, you know, if I need, need a new mattress, I might hit up Koala and be like, hey, bitch, like, I'm, I want to go talk about mattresses. You have mattresses. Like, let's do this. You should absolutely do that. Yes. Yeah, but some things I just And get don't... me one while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the, fresh, the, the frustration with doing sponsored stuff is that it doesn't register well a lot of the time. And I, I have this issue with my audience quite a bit because I get really obsessive about new things and I'll just talk about them all the time so I just discovered Kingston Biscuits late in my life like at the start of this year I'm like these are crazy Like, I didn't even really like like chocolate like that So I'm talking about them all the time Eating another Kingston Just like keeping people updated And everyone was like oh my goodness Like my audience was divided Like is this sponsored versus you should be sponsored for this Everyone's Mm. like is this sponsored Like you're doing a lot of Kingston's content I'm like "I I like the biscuits you know and the other half was like you should like you are giving them a lot of free press Like you should really pay for this like you know like don't do this for free and then so this like this dichotomy where people are kind of like get your money sis and everyone's like don't get your money you're using us and so for me i'm i always get not worried but i'm very mindful when doing sponsored shit like is this gonna backfire in a way that i just can't be bothered dealing with has right. it ever backfired
0: for you
1: like has have your audience ever been like we don't like this or no they just won't engage Yeah. Or they'll just be
2: like, can you do more of that other shit you do? Like, Hey, can we get another IG sermon? Can you teach us a new concept? Like, what have you learned today about psychology? Like they'll just like be shady in that way. Um, But yeah. And I, but also not everybody feels this way about sponsored stuff. Like I know a ton of influencers who don't have a duty of care and will promote anything to anyone for any price. Like the majority do that because that's what the industry is. And people are throwing money at you all the time as an influencer, especially when you do a few and they're like, get her, like, because um, it's easy to work with someone who doesn't have a gatekeeper, mm-hmm. who doesn't have, like, values, morals, whatever, that, like, separates you from their product. So a lot of people will just do anything for any money, and that's why I'm pretty funny about influencing generally because these hoes are scammers. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> and the f- I remember, like, it was so interesting because I started riding Lime bikes as well, and i am just been so obsessed with them. So I'm like, everyone, get on a Lime. Everyone's like, is this sponsored? I'm like, if it was, like... Like, how do you feel about that? Like, yeah. realistically, like, do you like the fact that, like, I'm being, like, do you, like, what? I always disclose. Why would I lie? Like, why? How are you not seeing me being honest? Um, be yeah, a lot of money in sponsored activity, but I do it when it makes sense. Like, I went to, um, uh, Taipei. Um, like, a uh, airline sent me and they were like, well, you can just go. And I was like, what do you want in return? And they were like, we just want to, like, show people that there are places to go aside from Bali and, you travel and I was like, okay. So like, do you need like a post? Do you need like, and they were like, not really. Just like do what you would normally do. So people can kind of see that it's an option. And then like, just by nature, they'll consider it. And then we have budget flights. And so they'll come to us. Mm. They're like, use a hashtag if you want. I don't know. Like that stuff. Incredible, Mm, You know what I mean? But there's too much of that sly, like, hey, we sent you a PR package. Did you post about it yet? Why haven't Mm. you posted about it? Don't you like it? Mm. Or the shadier thing. I feel like I'm just like, I'm like spilling all the industry tea. (laughs) People will, um, so people will reach out to you for like contractual work. Like we want you to do like one, let's say it's like, this happens a lot at like fucking photo shoots or in-person events. So let's say you go to a photo shoot, like, Hey, I want you to come to this photo shoot. It'd be a full day activity usage for 12 months on digital, um, We'll do your hair, makeup, whatever, right? And you get there and you sign the contract. So you like, this is what you're obliged to do. And you get there and they'll be like, hey, put something in your story. You look so beautiful. Mm. You know, let's get a photo of you. And they're getting extra like behind the scenes and then yeah. using that to advertise clothes. Shit like that. It's so dodgy. Mm. Oh, and it's so easy because everyone's, I mean, I worked in PR. I know how to be slimy. Mm. You know, you just like, you finesse it a little bit. And you're mm. like, oh my God, <gasps> can we just do a quick interview with you on the story? It'll be so quick. Mm. And they'll transcribe that, um, they'll take the audio from that, put it on their fucking oh videos, they'll transcribe it for their blog. Fuckers. Beware. Yeah. Oh. I love wow. it. It's smooth, like I'm inspired. Yeah, yeah. like business is business. Hats off to him. Oh, it's incredible. But also like it's a funny industry. Oh. And the average influencer is just that not cogniz- is not cognizant enough mm. of what's happening around them. Mm. And they're so liable for a lot of shit that they don't even know. And it's all gonna come crashing down eventually.
0: Mm. But like tea.
2: <laughs> Love it.
0: Okay, so one other thing I really wanted to ask you mm-hmm. is, what's up with your taxes? Like, is this is as-
2: <laughs> when I was hearing the way Brody was talking about her taxes, I was like, fuck, you really? Wow. And then the okay, and the hex—that's how it works. Okay, cool, cool. My taxes are fucked. Yeah. And my taxes have been fucked my whole life because I've already always had multiple jobs. Oh, yeah. Multiple PAYG statements, yeah, multiple yeah. all that shit. I think what fucked me up the most, though, was last year. No, have I been? The year before last, when I was. So not last year. 2017 mid year, I transitioned to. Was it just last year I was working in an office? No, I think it was two years ago. 2017 mid year, I transitioned from full time work to freelance work, which means I. Which means I was earning a lot of money because I was a senior digital consultant and then I was getting a lot of gigs DJing. So just like not really considered of like how much I was making. Went to an accountant and they were like, how much do you make? And I was just assuming that like I am my business, you know what I mean? So I was like, I make this amount of money. It was like six digits or something. I was like, I make this. And they were like, okay, you need to apply for GST and I was like okay sick not they didn't I didn't uh, they didn't know and I didn't know that like what I made at my office job was me but then what I made as flex mommy was the business and then I paid myself out of the business I didn't know that shit I was like it's all coming to my account it's all mine so when I uh when I put down how much I made which is like six digits I got taxed so much money and then I think Uh I owed the government like Fifteen k or something, oh God. just oh, something fuck. ridiculous, and I was like, "A nightmare." Mm. Then I went to my accountant, and they still didn't know. Like I didn't know how to articulate what I was doing. They didn't get the job, so it happened again. And they were like, "Yep, yeah, you just have to pay this back to the government." I was like, "What is what is happening here?" So now I understand a little bit better. As of this year, I'm like, I've got, got to pay that shit back though, um, which I've done. Like we've got like I don't know five grand left, um, but as of this year it's making a little bit more sense, but still I have so many different jobs and so many different income streams that it's just hard to discern mm. what's happening. But also the world is ending. Like <laughs> it's fine. I do my bit. I go and lodge it, So I'm not getting like done for tax evasion because so many DJs and people in entertainment don't do their taxes. Mm, mm-hmm. Like so oh. many, like they just don't do it at all. So they don't get done. It's so cash in hand. Exactly. They're just, I don't, people think they're invincible. So I just do my bit, do enough pay a little bit as I go and then just like hope that like I'm either gonna like get super rich that's the plan like just fucking stacked Mm -hmm. or the world will end it's just one of those two (laughs) like I just I will not plan for an alternative outside of those two like so do you have
1: so like you've got an accountant but do you have like a financial planner or like how do you manage your money do you have like apps or like you just free it. I literally freeball it. Yeah. And I would
2: love to tell you that it's the alternative, but I don't like <laughs> the narrative. I think a big thing about me is like, I'm not trying to push an agenda of being like a fucking A1 human. Like this is not, it's not mm. a thing. Yep. And that's why I don't give people like, I don't give people explicit career advice or money advice because you don't make what I make and I don't know what you make and I can afford yeah. to be reckless because the shit keeps popping through. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Totally. So I'm like that bitch. The money just comes in. I put a little bit in the GST account. I put a little bit in savings and then I just spend and don't look at my account.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, I think that's a beautiful place to leave <laughs>
2: Yeah, I <think> so. Everyone's <laughs> I think like, fuck do. this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like no help. I'm like, I don't know. Just like get another job. <laughs> no, <laughs> write a book.
0: It's, <laughs> it's inspiring because it's like work hard and shit happens.
1: Yeah. Like, seriously mm-hmm. you are like the embodiment of that
2: yeah totally like i'm
0: fucking inspired right now i really am i'm literally like he's like writing
2: a book <laughs> <laughs> she's like so let's talk about passive income <laughs> you could literally write a book we will talk about it should we talk about it now yeah don't tell me okay now, yeah. so as i was talking about like how to make more money right and how to add value so i'm all about adding value for free i don't think you just ask your audience to feed into what you're doing because you want to monetize a hobby it's not fair but there are elements of what you do that can be um digitized and like uh, leveraged. So like, for instance, you are learning so much from people about how to make money, about how to save money, how to invest money. Your podcast could have multiple eBooks on Mm. money because
1: people oh, yeah. don't like a dual ebook.
2: <laughs> what I think about like this medium is, or what or any of my platforms is that no medium is universal. Like there are a ton of people who like don't do podcasts. Mm. Like I don't do YouTube. I don't do podcasts. I don't read. And it's like, well, how do you reach all those markets? For every mm. one person who doesn't listen to podcasts, there's one that likes to read mm. and likes to have a copy of this thing, likes to pass it on. There'd be a ton of people who read your ebook about saving.
0: Damn. Holy shit. Oh, all right. Got to start writing. Yeah. God, that's,
2: ha- <laughs> that's so happening. Yeah. No, we're totally doing that. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome.
1: We'll we'll list you in our acknowledgement. I'm sending yeah. you an invoice.
2: Tyler just sent through rogue invoices, see who
1: pays them. <laughs> Honestly, I'd be disappointed if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, thank you for being so generous with Flesh your time out. and your advice and just everything, your
2: yeah. presence. So great. I loved this. So <laughs> great. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find you? You can fly find. You can find me on the internet, flex mommy, on everything. Um, Come through, engage, spend your coins, tell a friend to tell a friend. <laughs> Get the e Buy the e-book. Yep. Buy the e-book. Buy the cards. Buy the cards. I mean, they're sold out. They keep selling out. Oh, oh my God. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. <gasps> I was like, damn. <laughs> um, Buy the e-book. Buy the cards. Buy my book. Comes out August 2020. Oh, my God. Um, What else to buy? Listen to the podcast, Bobo and Flex. It's mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. Um. And get your money right or don't because we need people who do traditional jobs so i don't have to do it <laughs> yeah. like shout out to the people who work in agencies who give me money <laughs> i'm a big fan of people who work in agencies like they do they're doing the work for me totally
1: yeah. all right well thanks thanks
0: thanks farewell Bye. bye <laughs>